This is the Cyclone Fanatic Built to Lead podcast series. Presented by Graphite Construction Group. We build it better. Learn more at graphitegrp.com. Now, here's Chris Williams. All right, guys, we're going to ship gears. Uh, the you know football coming up this weekend. Um, we are now going to do a little basketball interview. I did this last week, late last week. It's really good stuff. I think you're going to really like Kyle Green. He is the first guy uh, that, uh, well, I, don't, I guess I don't know this. I'm assuming he's the first guy that T.J. Altsenberger called. When he got the Iowa State men's basketball job last spring, Kyle's a 16-year veteran of Northern Iowa, but he was in the business a lot longer before that. I want you guys to get to know him and a lot more. Thanks to our friends at Graphite Construction Group. Coolest thing about this podcast is that Graphite Construction Group gives $500 to the charity of choice for each and every one of my guests. How awesome is that? Now, full disclosure, uh, Kyle and I had that conversation off the air. I know I'm uh, kind of a joke. I forgot to ask it on the air, which is my apologies. Kyle wants to give his $500 to Food Bank of Iowa, which is a very admirable cause. I, I believe John Haycock did that one in the spring as well. So $500 going to the Food Bank of Iowa, courtesy of our friends at Graphite Construction Group. With that, here is my conversation, the Built to Lead podcast series with Iowa State assistant basketball coach, Kyle Green. I've been looking forward to getting you on, Kyle. I, I think that you're really uh, – it, I think it's an interesting story. It's, it's rare that I've found – for a guy to spend 16 seasons as an assistant coach at one school. I actually, I really admire it because I'm, I'm kind of that way. I found a place that I like and, and I don't want to leave, but yeah. so what, what, what made you stay at Northern Iowa for that long? That I, I think it's cool and it's rare in today's day and age. Yeah. Great question. Now, and, and part of it is just what you said. It, it's a place that my wife and I, you know, fell in love with and, and wanted to raise our kids there. But I think the story, before that is how much we did move in my first 10 years of coaching, you know? So when I first got into the business, um, I was an assistant coach at uh, Southwest state university in Minnesota at the division two level. I was there two years, went to Augustana college for three years, Western state college in Colorado for one year, you and I for two years, Marquette for a little short time, Lewis university. Then, so all of that happened in about a 12 year stretch. And then when we came back to Northern Iowa, um, we, you know, we do, this is, we didn't want to, we didn't want to bounce around anymore. We wanted the kids to kind of have the ability to be raised in, in, you know, more of a stable one school, one community. And we like Cedar Falls a lot. And that's rare in this business to find as an assistant coach, to find a place where you're working with people you love at a high level, you're challenged and in a community you love that doesn't happen very often. So why tempt fate? We had a couple opportunities, but, um, you know, really, really loved it there and loved the people I was working with. And, uh, so it, it did, it worked out. We were fortunate and we were fortunate enough to win some games. So there was that stability. We were able to stay, but it doesn't happen very often. That's cool. Yeah. And then, so TJ gets the job and I'm assuming, I don't know the intricacies of it, but I'm assuming you're one of his first calls. I know you guys have been close for a really long time. How, how hard, what, what made you decide to pull the trigger here? It's an interesting situation with your son being on the team over there. Yeah. What, um, what about this opportunity made you really want to jump at it? Yeah. You know, I had, had some other opportunities to move and they were good, but they weren't right. And I knew I wasn't going to go work again for somebody I either didn't know, didn't respect, didn't trust just, just to, 
maybe move my career forward. Uh, TJ and I had a, had a relationship for a long time. He was a guy I respected um, and knew that if he ever had the opportunity to work with him, I wanted to do that. And the timing was right in that my kids are now out of the house. Yeah. My wife and I are empty nesters. Um, my wife's got a great business. She's a chiropractor back in Cedar Falls. And that's not something you can pick up and move and just start again mm-hmm. without starting at zero. So this allowed us to kind of have the best of both worlds. Uh, the ranch as you, is, you know, is that my son was, I was coaching my son and he's still got some time at you and I, and, and that is, was such an awesome experience. I got to coach him for three years. That made it tough. That was the only thing that, that slowed the decision down when, when TJ and I talked and, um, I, I, I kind of went with, I had these three great years with them. I think for both of us, you know, this was a great opportunity for me to move forward for him. He doesn't need dad around anymore. He's ready to kind of rock on his own. Um, this gives him a chance to kind of grow and be free a little bit more. Um, so I think it'll be really hard on me when the season rolls around and not yeah. be at his games. It's been a little bit hard when practice has started, but for him, I, I know he's going to do great. Uh, and then my daughter's also plays at UNI. Yep. I think I'll still see the same number of games I was before. It's just not seeing her on a daily basis. So um been blessed to have a close family and to be together the last, you know, 15 years in Cedar Falls, 16 years. Uh, this kind of was an opportunity where I could move forward, do something I was really passionate and excited about and not upset the apple cart at home all that much. If that makes any sense. Well, and it, it's better in 2021 too. I mean, all of Northern Iowa's men's and women's games. I mean, you can watch like, yes, you know, correct. even 10 years ago, like I remember like just being a yeah. fan of sports and I, it was really hard to watch the Panthers. Like you had to, yeah. it had to be right place at the right time with the right opponent. But now, I mean, with yeah. ESPN and all that stuff, I mean, so that you'll, you'll be able to watch a lot of games even when you're on the road with the Cyclones. Right. No question. You know, and TJ was great about that in our discussions before I took the job that when the opportunity presents itself, you need to go watch your kids and he gets that. So I'll, I'll you know, I still think I'll be at a lot of the games and you're right. They're, they're all televised, either whether it be on ESPN or, or ESPN two, three or the U. So I'll be, you know, if I'm not there in person, I'll be watching all of them. I don't know how I probably need to be isolated alone in a room watching them. Cause I don't know how I'm going to react. Yeah. Uh, maybe throwing <laughs> things off the walls, but I'm going to be able to watch them all. Do you, have you, um, obviously you had a great relationship with Ben Jacobson to stay there for that long. And, uh, did you work for Mac too? I did. So yeah, at first I, went, thought, I yeah. sped through that, but I, I got, I knew those guys, I was an assistant coach in the same conference that they both coached in when Mac was at North Dakota okay. was at North Dakota, North Dakota state, Mac was at Wayne state. So I got to know them during that time and we were all assistants or head coaches in that league. So when Mac got the job at UNI, I came with the assistants for myself, uh, Ben Jacobson, and then Ron Smith who came with Mac yep. here. I know Ron. He was the ops guy here at Iowa state. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the staff first year and, uh, for two years. And then I left there after working two years for Mac and went and worked for Tom Crean at Marquette. Got it. So when Jake got the job, I came back with, with Jake. I love coaching trees. They they're, they're a lot of fun to follow. I, I'm, I thought you worked for Mac. I thought that was how you and TJ met, but I was yeah. just kind of piecing everything together here. Okay. That'll be good. A lot of cyclone fans. I think just think of you were, it was like a Jake guy, but you, yeah. So what, um, you get to Iowa state. It's a really interesting situation, I think, because you're, you're coming off of this pandemic year where everything's weird for everybody. Uh, it's a program that is usually filling Hilton Coliseum, but they really couldn't. And, you know, the team was 
pretty down last year. What, I guess, what has been the biggest challenge since the day you guys got the job compared to now where we were just talking, I mean, we're a matter of weeks away from practice and in the first game, what's been the biggest challenge and maybe what's been the most rewarding part of it too. Cause I, yeah. I know that the, the program's come a long way since you guys got here. Yeah, I think the, the biggest challenge and the most rewarding part, you just, you know, it might be the same thing in that the biggest challenge was trying to take all these new guys, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we had six returners and that were back from last year. And then we added seven pieces and, just, you know, trying to fit that all together. That's been the challenge. Got to try to make that a cohesive group in the summer and then here in the early fall as we get ready for practice at the end of September. And it's been the most rewarding in that how the guys have handled that and how well that's gone, right? I mean, you never know how that's going to – is it going to be, hey, these are the returners, those are the new guys, are these coaches guys, who's this? Really, they've all bought in and been one, and it's just been one Cyclone basketball team and family. That's been really fun to be a part of and watch. And, and one of the things that drew me to coming here after being at Northern Iowa for so long was the ability to be on the ground floor of something and watch it grow. Mm. Having watched the Cyclones from the outside for all these years living in Iowa, I knew all about Hilton and Hilton Magic and the fanatics, the fans, and how awesome this place is when it's rolling. So then you also knew where it was at and, and knew that it could get back to where it was fairly quickly if the right person was there. And I think TJ is the right guy for that. So to be a part of that is, has been rewarding and I think will be extremely rewarding going forward. And to uh, sit on the, the home bench at Hilton and not the opposing bench um, have those fans behind us. will be really cool. But the way the guys have handled this transition has been a challenge, but they've done it really well. It's been fun to watch and they're, they're really one team. It's interesting. The, I like talking to no offense, old guys, like, like, you now. <laughs> I hear it around here all the time. I'm the old man on staff. I listen. Um, I feel like I've been doing this 17 years now, so I feel I feel very um, seasoned. You started young, though. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. You started young, you're still young. Um, just recruiting is so different in roster building than when you got into the business. Like, it used to be, I grew up an Iowa fan, and, like, we watched Jess Settles for five, six years, and we watched, you know, in, oh, this is who Tom Davis is bringing in, and we're going to watch him grow. And it's just really not like that anymore. I, I don't know if it's any worse. It's just everything's evolved. And you were kind of talking, like, We've seen this at Iowa State for a while, dating back to Fred and when he started with the transfer deal. But there was always like a core, like your Melvin Edgems, your Scott Christoffersons, guys like that who were who had been there. It, this is interesting to me because it's really all these new guys that you guys brought in, and then the 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 holdovers from Coach Prome are young, right? Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. it's there's not like a core of like, well, I mean George would probably be that if you think about it as a guy who's been here for a while, like, and yeah. what, what is it? What, where do you even start? Like what, what is the, what's the ground floor is fi- kind of meshing all of these guys together. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like the first day of kindergarten when you're in there saying, hi, my name is and I like this. <laughs> yeah. And my favorite color is blue. Yeah. And I cheer for the jets, whatever it might be. Uh, that, that the amount of time we did it. So what we did differently this summer is we really practice. We spend almost all of our time together five on five. And often in the summer, you do more individual skill work, one-on-one, two-on-two, small groups, whatever it might be. We thought it was important, and I think TJ was right on the money, that we spend as much time together as a group. So we used our hours in the summer to basically practice. And that allowed us to kind of come together and then we get to know each other as players, 
and then really spent a lot of time off the floor as much as we could, just team building, being around each other, playing dodgeball, goofing around, mm-hmm. paintball, whatever it might be. So they got to kind of get more comfortable with one another and get to know each other and the staff. Cause although all of us on staff knew each other, um, I hadn't worked with any of them and Jr. hadn't worked with any of them. Mm-hmm. You know, TJ had obviously worked with, with Micah and, and D Rob and, but we all knew each other, but we didn't, you know, so us being together and having that time this summer and that happens naturally when you join staffs, people probably don't know this, but you're moving in from all different places. So you're not here with your family at first. Mm-hmm. So all you're doing is working and hanging out together. And that's an important time to the development of a staff and its cohesion. Cause you're with each other 16 hours a day, other than when you're sleeping, just cause you have nothing else to do. And you're in that energy of a new staff and new team and new program. Um, that I thought was a, a big part of our summer. And, and I think you saw it in the success we had recruiting too. We were able to play off one another and ha- have relationships with different people and really unselfish in that, Hey, we just as a group need to recruit these guys, not me recruit that guy and you recruit that guy. We as a staff are doing it. And, and with the way the transfer market is, I think that's important. It can't be, I go out and get all the guys. Yeah. I know the guys it's gotta be, Hey, everybody's transferring. Everybody does from different parts of the country. How do we bring all that together? How do your relationships work? We've been able to mesh that way pretty well. That has that changed over the years in recruiting? I just feel like when I started doing this, it would be like, Oh, that's a, that's an Otzelberger guy. Oh, that's a, that's a prelude guy. That's a, that's a D Rob guy. Like it, it doesn't feel that way anymore. And it feels like that has changed over the years. Yeah. And I think it goes from staff to staff, but I think you're right because of, because of the the networks have grown, the areas have grown, your ability to recruit has expanded a bit because of everything from social media and how easy it is to communicate with people to the transfer market. So you just have to have larger networks and work together. And if you're going to keep kids in your program, it's going to be because of relationships with everyone. Yeah. You know, and they can't just have a relationship with one guy. It's not that guy leaves or that's not his position coach. It doesn't work it's got to be relationships or it's going to keep kids together and programs together. And so I think it's important that they have us, you know, be able to feel comfortable with all the guys. And we've taken that approach. I think that has changed over the last few years. Let's talk a little bit about the the team. And the, the one thing, listen, I haven't, I haven't seen, I haven't been to a practice or anything. I haven't seen most of these guys who are new. I'm waiting for these out of bounds plays. I heard you're just amazing with these out of bounds <laughs> plays. Uh, I prefer the word elite. But um, elite, elite, yeah. okay. Thank just you. Just don't thank don't shortchange. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very humble here. Um, <laughs> my my just analysis of watching what I've seen is just you've got grown men, and I I don't know about their ball skills. I don't know about much, but like to me, that's where the team will take a big step forward at the very least from the last couple of years to this year. It just you're longer, um, you're you're thicker. And it's guys who are like, I just, I sense an aura of toughness with this group coach. Is yeah. that, is that accurate? Yeah. That's what I, you're a yeah, defensive it's, guy. It's what you're known for. Yeah. How, how do you, yeah. how do you gauge that? Yeah, you're right. That, that's that been intentional with our intent, with our recruiting uh, in this transition and, and how we've gone about practicing is to develop that. That's going to be a core tenant of what we're all about is we want, you know, when fans come to watch games, they feel like that's the team that's, you know, got the hard hat on and they're competing and they're diving on the floor for loose balls and they're giving everything they have. Um, we recruited with that mentality too. So, you know, bringing in guys that have come from 
you know, good programs that have some of that Penn state was always known as a team that competes. And Isaiah Brockington is, is, was one of their more competitive guys. And Gabe Kelcher was one of the better defenders in the big 10 and, and jazz Kunch from Washington state's played a bunch and, and been very well coached by coach Smith. And they mm-hmm. have a defensive mindset in what they do at Washington state that, you know, that makes it easier, right? Cause then those older guys who've been through it, can kind of work with the younger guys, the Tyrese Hunters and and Jaden Walkers who haven't yet or haven't experienced it as much. And so everything we've done in practice has been geared around getting establishing, and I hate using the word culture, but establishing the program of competing, right? An atmosphere of competing and uh, getting after it and, you know, just kind of those aggressive verbs in in describing what we're doing and uh, having intent defensively. Um, That's been you know, a focus and those, as you put it, you know, even George, he's older and, and he's communicates and he, he wants to get stops. He's got an intent to what he does defensively now. And, and, uh, that that's been a mindset of ours. I think it has to be for us to be successful as we get into the season. I've heard good things about, I've always been a George Condit fan. I, I like his family a lot. I know him well. Um, he looked really good, uh, with team Puerto Rico. I got to watch some of those games. Did that, that, not that you had low expectations, but did he surprise you at all? Like when, w- yeah. with how he performed there and and how he's been since you got on campus? Yeah. Yeah. He's been, he's, he's a great kid as you know, and the communicates well. So, you know, hit it off with him off the bat. He's easy to get to know and like, and, um, it, you know, watched the film from his freshman year and thought, well, he's got a lot of promise and then up and down. I think mm-hmm. he'd be the first to tell you since then for whatever reason, um, I think that Puerto Rico experience gave him a lot of confidence too. And I think the fresh start gave him a lot of confidence and those going hand in hand, uh, him having a leadership role, uh, him having some guys around him who are just about team and competing has kind of energized him. And he's been great. And he's been a leader uh, with what we do and his voice. And, and he's been a lot of fun to get to know. And uh, I think that Puerto Rico, I think you're right on the money, Chris, that Puerto Rico experience, even though their team didn't have success, he had some success yeah, he and he had, he had some confidance. Uh, the, the other, I want to talk about the big 10 transfers just a little bit. You you kind of hit on their, uh, defensive prowess just a little bit. I mean, it, is that kind of, um, I just look at this team from the outside. It, it, if I had to pick like, what's the core, would it be those guys, uh, maybe with jazz and I, I, not in the sense of like production, I'm not even talking about that, but it, it seems like the program you guys are trying to build, you very deliberately got those two and, and like it will expand out from there. Is, is that, is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some, um, yeah, I, I think you're right. You look at the guys that will make up the core and, and again, like you said, it doesn't mean they're going to play all the minutes or get yeah, a shot yeah. and do all that. But I mean, by cores, it's guys that have been through it before, mm-hmm. right? Like and had some success. So yeah, obviously, you know, uh, Gabe played a lot of Minnesota, started 80 plus games. Isaiah averaged, you know, 13 points a game in the big 10. That's hard to, you know, coach like that. That experience is hard to, you know, you, if you can recruit it, that's awesome. You can't get that out of high school. Then even Blake Henson who, who played yeah, a lot of minutes forgot about Blake, yeah. and had success, success. Um, George has played a lot of minutes, right? Like it's not a group that hasn't in jazz played three years at Washington state and had some, a double, double at Arizona. I mean, you can't coach that. Right. So to be able to recruit some of that in this transition was really important and will make up the core of the identity of, of kind of what we're about um, to then supplement with guys who maybe have played some like 
you know, like Trey and, and like Jaden Walker, and then even new guys like Tyrese who haven't to have those other guys that have been through it to rely on a little bit um, makes that transition easier for them. If I let you, if I don't ask about Tyrese, the fans are going to want to ring my neck. Really excited to see this young man. I know how big of a focal point it was for you all when you got the job to, you know, retain him. Coach Prom had secured that commitment. And uh, initially, what has been the early look at Tyrese Hunter? Yeah, he's been um, as advertised as far as just the quality of the kid he is, his work ethic, his competitiveness is off the charts. I mean, he, he's kind of got that mindset of, of wanting to compete um, on both ends of the floor. Right. Uh, like any young guys, you know, learning every day and getting better every day, but he absorbs coaching. Well, um, he's getting stronger. He's really quick. I mean, that's just, mm. he's, you know, he's just got a quick first step and some natural gifts that way. And, um, ability to score from the perimeter with a shot, but also get into the paint and get paint touches. So, um, well, you know, he, he's, his, over time, he's going to become really, really, really elite in, uh, to use your word, in ball screen offense. And uh, that's just going to be a matter of time and repetition, repetition. Uh, so I'm excited to get a chance to coach him. And and he's in a situation here where he's going to get a chance to grow through mistakes because he's going to make plenty of them, mm-hmm. right? But to have the guys we just talked about around him who are experienced, veteran, tough-minded players, uh, they're going to be able to allow him to grow and make mistakes and help him through that. Uh, and then TJ, you know, I think is the right coach for a guy like that because he's going to give him that same ability to play through some of that and grow through some of that. And uh, he's tough enough mentally, right? Cause that's the hardest part as a freshman mm-hmm. is mentally. Can you survive failure? And that's going to happen. Can you have a tough day, have a tough game and then bounce back? Cause the league is relentless, right? Saturday, yeah. So Monday you're playing, you know, you have five turnovers on a Saturday at home and then you go on the road to KU. You got to do it again, man. And are you tough enough to respond to that? That's where I think Tyrese is going to be unique in that not every kid is that regardless, regardless of ability, which he has, it's that mental part, I think is what's going to make him unique to, to, you know, not necessarily be on the roller coaster, but continually improving. We used to hear legendary stories of, back in the day when Monte Morris was a true freshman uh, the summer before DeAndre Kane just beating the hell out of him. Um, <laughs> like physically, like really like Monte's in ice baths yeah. and stuff because of DeAndre. Not that that was happening. I, I'm just curious what practice has been like for Tyrese with these, you know, grown men. Like it, it yeah. it's different yeah. than the AAU circuit that he came with. How would you yeah. describe that? I think it's been great for him and he handles it so well because they do, they, they get into him physically and they try to speed him up and they force him to fail, which I'm a huge fan of. Like mm-hmm. if it were easy for him, he wouldn't be getting any better. You know, it wouldn't make our team any better. So the more we can get him to fail in practice right now, the more successful he's going to be when the games come. And those guys have the ability to do that defensively with their presence and physicality, as you said, to prepare him, um, for, you know, life in, in, in this league and in this conference. Uh, he's handled that part well. And when he's had bad days, he's responded really well the next day. Like he, in the eight weeks in the summer, man, he was on a trajectory the whole time. The six weeks, like just got better and better and better. And then he hit the wall a little bit physically and mentally. And he kind of went down as you expect. And he responded right when he came back. Like that's what you want to see. 
um, how he's going to handle those things. That's what gets me most excited about him. Not just how quick he is and how much he can jump and he can shoot, but boy, he handles tough situations really well. You mentioned the big 12. Um, I know you're very familiar with it. I don't know how much you've been able to like scout it and watch games like a coach yet. I I have a, I don't know if it's a theory. Um, I've just watched the league evolve over the years. It's, it's fascinating to me, like big 12 football. Everybody's like, Oh, all they do is go out and throw 60 points. Well, that's really not the case anymore. If you watch the games, like it's, that's kind of just a talking point. The big 12 basketball these days reminds me more of like the old big East or like, you know, it just seems more physically. We're going to beat you up. Like I remember when I first started covering this league, there were, you know, Turgeon's Texas A&M team would play that way. I mean, Kansas always kind of did because they had the guys, but everybody else was just kind of running around and like, you didn't, it seems like now you have to, have that physicality and and I, it just for some reason Kyle like the old Big East is what comes into my mind like yeah. have you noticed that yeah and I hadn't thought of that until you mentioned it but it makes sense to me you go all the way back to those days the Georgetown and how physical they were and they were dominant defensively like they had this mindset and the, the league followed that way the Big East did mm-hmm. you know when I was growing up and in, in, into the you know early 2000s and I think you're right this league does have that uh, you know it it was always known as an open up and down fast paced league. And the big 10 was physical yeah. half court reach up. Well, boy, you look at the national success of Texas tech prior to that and how well they did it defensively with how aggressive they were. Then Baylor without a doubt was probably no doubt. one of the best defensive teams in the country. Uh, they have such versatility on their rosters. They can switch and take things away and, you know, disrupt you offensively, speed you up in a way that, wasn't the case in the past. It was more like, Hey, we're playing defense to get to offense. Now exactly. we're playing defense to create our offense. That's been the, the more of a mindset in the league and, uh, and, and more of a mindset that we're trying to install with our guys. But I think you're right on the head, Chris, with that. It's more of a defense to create offense where it used to be offense. We'll play defense that we can get to offense. Yeah. Uh, okay. Glad to know I'm not crazy there. Well, you, you are. But <laughs> point, you, this you is, might be accurate. This is <laughs> You got a weird weekend coming up. We'll get to some. Uh, let's go to the gridiron. <laughs> Northern Iowa. Come, what's what's the plan? We, we, are we hosting like people wearing purple? How, how does this? Uh, are you walking around with your kids? What's gonna, what's going to happen in a couple of Saturdays? Yeah, we are. Uh, we will be hosting some people wearing purple. I'll be honest about that. I myself won't be wearing purple. Okay. Uh, That's fine. I don't think anybody would kill you. I don't think anybody. Uh, I I, I mean, trust me, I'll be cheering for, you know, those are my friends and guys I knew and I'll be cheering for them, but um, I'm a clone, right? (laughs) Uh, I am. Uh, I always been a fan from the outside, Yep. but yeah, we got some fans and friends, uh, family coming to town. Um, We're looking forward to that. And, you know, I had come to the UNI, Iowa State games in the past. They've been great games. We're in purple, obviously. Um, I'll be excited. I'll be happy no matter who wins the game afterwards, to be quite honest. Uh, but I'm just looking forward to hanging out with the family and some friends and doing a little barbecuing and getting back to, you know, the old fall college football. I have not, I coached at UNI and we had great football, but not the tailgating atmosphere we're going to have. Mm-hmm. I imagine coming up here. When I coached at Marquette, we didn't even have football. So, I've not experienced like real big time football atmosphere. It's special. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I am. I really am. And I think it, it, even recruiting, I'm looking forward to. I've never had yeah. the opportunity to use that as a, uh, a, a you know a selling piece. I've seen you know over the years that's and then the football program uses Hilton a lot yeah. in January. I mean, it's probably less right. now because they're signing more guys early with the early signing period. But sure. yeah, it's a it's a special thing. I'm. Um, the, the, it's, it is interesting. The last time I was at Jack Trice Stadium with TJ, he was wearing South Dakota State stuff because mm-hmm. they were they were playing here. So yeah, it's it's funny how that all kind of evolves. But yeah, we want we we didn't even get to finish that game because it was a lightning storm and they had to. Yeah, it was a really long night. But nonetheless, uh, this has been great. We appreciate it and. I think fans are going to enjoy getting to know you. I like it too that you're because I'm a big fan of your son as well. And I, I follow the, the UNI women's program because of Steve Fennelly, who's a assistant coach there. And I've known Steven forever. And I, I do like the connection. How And I, I know coach DeVries at Drake really well. And I'm a big fan of his and it's, it is fun. It's uh, to watch all of you guys kind of evolve and, you know, mix it up like this. It, it's it's a lot of fun, and yeah. we're we're glad to have you here, man. I appreciate that. It is, and it's it, I was it's great that way with their basketball landscape. I mean, there's a lot of success among the, the four programs and um, the coaches and people, and it gets kind of intertwined. And to be a part of it, I've been fortunate for the last you know 16 years, and I'm excited to be here and be a part of it from from this perspective and uh, get to know everybody and, and uh, cheer on the Cyclones to victory. Yes. We'll, so, we'll, we'll be sure to bother you again uh, before the season. Yeah. That's a promise. Anytime. We'll have to get some football analysis from you at some point as well. No, we can break that down. <laughs> One of my favorite things, I was really close with the old coordinator at, at uh, UNI, so I would talk to him before the game and get the first three or four offensive plays. Oh, yeah? And I would just sit in the stands. Yeah, <laughs> sit in the stands with everybody, and they'd come to the line, and I'd look, and I'd go, that looks like it's uh, we've got two safeties. They're going to run this <laughs> Right here, and I'd call it, and it's gonna be X Waggle four five, and they're gonna hit tight end, and they would do it, and everybody would look at you like what? And then they'd line up again. I'd say, I think we're just gonna go with the draw. We'll go off left tackle here, and see, and, and they would do it, and then people were just like, "Do you know about football?" And I'm yeah. over there, yeah, of course. You can just read what they're gonna do. They're, you know, they're yeah, the, the box, tight end, the tight end's be. tipping it off. I can see, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I so I'm going to miss that. I won't lie. I, I always root for Northern Iowa. I like uh, I like the athletic department. I know uh, a lot of people over there. I, I hope the clones kill them on Saturday, though. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> these games have been way too close over the years, man. The Northern Iowa games, just they're, they've yeah. not been good for my heartburn. Mm-hmm. Put it that way. I need, uh, we need I mean, an I'm, easy one. I was home last weekend, and uh, – Ran in a bunch of buddies and they, they talked ad nauseum about the last game when they were uh, down here and how they should have won and the overtime. Uh, and they remember it well on their end too. So, um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to being a fan. I yeah. really am. Well, and, uh, we're glad to have you. Enjoying the Saturday. We're glad to have you. Thanks for the time, coach. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks.